The moment of truth. You've moved. There it is. Hello. Hello. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm using I my can... good microphone. Oh, shit. I'm using this bad boy. Hello. Oh. Hello. I think. Hello. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Can you hear this? Yeah, can you yes. hear this? Yeah, we've got it to work with decent work. Oh my god, it took us only 20 episodes, which is, is like the better 20. part this of a year. This isn't 20. <laughs> Retards. This is not 20, this is like 18. I'm but, not counting it as 20. Okay, do you hear me loud enough? Because my, you know what the next problem would be, right? Because this fucking, yes, you can't this hear fucking device is. I don't know if, if I'm loud enough either. Uh, you sound okay no to me. Like I have, let's just say, I have the master level thing right in the middle of it. And then when it comes to the levels, because you can individually yeah. change the other levels, are on six out of ten. It sounds fine to me as long as mine sounds fine to Yeah. You. Fingers crossed. Can everyone else hear us fine? Put an uh, uh, egg if you can. in the chat. If you f in the chat, boys, f the chat. If you can, if you hear us, if you can't hear us, eat a dick. That's awkward, especially if nobody can yeah. fucking hear us. Exactly. Right? Already said, only saying that there's no audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just uh, fire up my. Oh, yeah, uh... There we go. They can hear. They put the f in okay. the energy in there, so. Oh, that's good. Things are moving up. We're t we're finally teaching them. <laughs> uh, speaking of teachings, <laughs> I don't know how many times I need to repeat myself about random fucking uh, what is it? Mute. Oh, the site is mute by default. That's great. Yeah, if you've muted it okay. previously on Chrome, it stays muted. Oh, that's nice. That's pretty nice. I I tried to do that thing with uh with the hair, but my hair is not long enough, so they don't really come out. You say you got uh, and, and I saw that. So. Yeah, yeah, no, this is like this is my running hat. It has like a nice running thing. I don't know what it's like. Mountains will be mountains, or like go run in the mountains, some shit like that. Nice. Oh, nice, splendid, boys. Um, today's episode uh is gonna be uh a learning one. Today's Meaning does not to you by the color green. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. Um, no, there wasn't. Uh, I think like there was a reason why we didn't hype everybody up. There's nothing. There's no. There's no. It's been quiet. Topics like yeah, like the the hottest topic on the internet right now. I think is the whole uh, the whole breakup between what's her name and what and Johnny Depp. Yeah. So well, the really lady who poops on the bed. Yeah, I'm bothered. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's something that I would like to talk about because okay. who in the fucking mind, who in the right mind, poops on somebody else's bed? Like it I don't. If you're dog. a dog, if you're a dog or a cat, I'll get that. <laughs> Must have been a tiny asshole then. <laughs> it was the tiny dog doing the giant ass human turd. Or a very constipated tiny dog. Maybe they took a shit for like weeks. No, I mean, who knows? You've only just learned about that this weekend, which is is bizarre because it was brought up in the um, 
<clears throat> the lawsuit that Johnny Depp did to the Sun newspaper in like 2012. So oh, this is, is this is this third that old? Yeah. Oh well, no, shit! Not 2012. It's all going on in 2017, isn't it? I think it's 2019. The lawsuit with uh, Johnny Depp and the Sun because the Sun called him a wife beater, and he was like, "Hold on a minute." Um, but apparently, uh, if, if we're going to talk about Pooh at the very start of this podcast, just to make sure that everyone yeah. sticks around, um, <laughs> apparently oh, they will stick around. They love that too. Um, there was water around the poop on the bed, which suggests that it was scooped out of the toilet and placed on the bed. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Then in that case, I'm really sorry to bring that up. Even I thought it was like as bizarre or as outlandish as you know actually sitting. Squatting on the bed again, and that's just taking a dump. From reports again. I, allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. So I don't really know. What it's no. It's it's. Uh, what was it? What was it called on fame? Uh, it's hearsay. Yeah. It's hearsay. Like. <laughs> oh man, I gotta, I gotta admit, like that was like, like I, I there, there's some, there's some snippets out there. There's like thirty minutes long, forty minutes long, and I kind of like consume it. Yeah. I, I would just go through it and just listen to it. I'm like. Wow. Oh, it's been the best thing on TikTok. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next best thing after sliced bread. The next best thing after uncut jams. Uncut jams. Oh, yeah. So, but no, actually, there's nothing much for really. So, yeah, no, it's, I think, I think uh, basically we do have a, a few topics since, uh, since the last time that we didn't really touch and we just wanted to contextualize them a little bit more. Uh, I'm pretty sure, well, I personally done fuck all in contextualizing anything. However, because yeah. I'm a already seasoned interviewer and podcaster, I know how to, you know, navigate through this. <laughs> Are we? We're still struggling on day fucking 19. I'm just stroking my own fucking salami here. Just let me stroke my salami. <laughs> Aren't they quite thick? You want like a thick fucking pepperoni. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like a very thin <laughs> and long pull. pepperoni thing. <laughs> Even though technically I'm a girthy man, like I'm more of like a tuna tuna can dick, you know, like <laughs> thick but short. Oh, you're chode. <laughs> this has been a great podcast, guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> um, yeah, we exhausted all the topics and I was just going to talk about our dicks. Yeah. This is great. Um, <laughs> no, I think we can we can kick it off uh, in the sense of I'm I'm pretty um, excited this week uh, or let's say the past few days because a couple of my new guys got uh, got some editorial placement love in Spotify and Apple Music. Oh, are we like doing super this great? Because if we're doing that, we got editorial as well. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy, and good, I, I yeah. told you as well. I wanted to uh, yeah, basically no, just... uh, kind of like pass it on to you in the sense uh, it's pretty it's cool because you finally got your first we editorial. So now you can shut the fuck editorial. up finally. Well, finally, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron shuts the fuck up. <laughs> hey, I mean, hey I can't you. Be I can go back to the first. <laughs> no, no, like, no, no. No, but I'm, uh, but I'm pretty stoked that this is happening because if I had a like, fucking pound every time you would just like shit on me, like, oh, when am I gonna get my fucking editorial? It's like, wait. I'm just gonna sit here and be better until mm -hmm. the fucking end of time. As you should. Otherwise, there won't be any podcast if you weren't. Exactly. So, 
you do you, man. <laughs> but no, it's, it's good to see. Uh, it's good to see that the people I introduced you to are getting editorial. You know, just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is only to show you that if you believed in them more, or basically, no, if you started liking more sleepy beats, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, basically, that's it. I mean, it's not like, uh, oh yeah, there is like one thing we can kind of like talk about. It's like the the yeah. emergence of the lo-fi sleep well, no, playlist. This actually brings us on to a nice little talking point of like. So you were saying to me earlier because I was like, oh, you know, congrats on the Snow Lads um, editorial, and you're yeah. like, yeah, this is the shit I live for. Like, it must be really great news for him. And though we had that one release with him, which was great, and you're, you know, you're saying if we release more sleepy bees, maybe we'd have got it as well. But rather than that, <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, this music isn't necessarily for us, but we're yeah. happy to put you towards labels that we know. That yeah, this which is, is also great. This is something that I've always really been pushing is community over competition and i would rather you know have a re- uh, have someone submit something to us that wasn't necessarily the right fit but we could see yeah potential and send it to forward it on to someone that we feel like it would do best with and that kind of mm. goes to show that you know we sent that small ad to you and said you know you might yeah. work better with with these guys he did one release with you the second release boom he's got editorial so for me yeah. even though it's not necessarily tied with keeping bear records i'm pretty stoked for the guy because he's managed to to get that yeah no it's i think it, it from from that perspective it, i i would also feel like two times as proud because mm. unfortunately like with the guy that i sent like i referred to you he never got back to you which is a little bit of a shame but it's only you know shows that composure of that guy but anyway no it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and i'm super stoked that super happy that basically you send the snow lads to us uh and we got like uh Quadres as well which is another guy uh he's been he's new to this as well so it was pretty interesting to to see him like actually uh getting placed i i honestly did not expect that because i kind of see a pattern of mainly supporting I don't know, big numbers, like in the sense of yeah. uh, I'm getting the, the idea that sometimes curators might get carried away by the numbers and say, oh, this guy has like a million uh, monthly listeners and like a hundred releases and that new guy only has like two. Yeah. But it's it's very actually refreshing to see that this kind of, this thing still happens. I don't know yeah. if it's, I don't know, coincidental or we... we 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 throw a lot of shit out there and eventually some of it sticks or somebody's listening to the podcast. <laughs> I really don't know. I really don't know. But um, yeah, this definitely like shows um, and I'm happy that you're mentioning this because uh, I'm 100% on, in the, on the synergy level instead of like trying to compete with each other and say, oh, Aaron's got a label, I got a label, I got to do better than him, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we do get competitive sometimes. Yeah, but I uh, not between us with others, but is it even yeah. between us, I think that's a healthy, healthy thing. Yeah, right? where you know yeah. it just turns into another circle jerk if we're just constantly like, oh, poor, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's really dope. It's really dope. 
Yeah, it's very nice. Now, it's very nice that to see these guys like actually getting something. It's like I think we mentioned this like many times in the past. Even though both of us are not really mega fans of the whole editorial thing, sure, it, it's very we would welcome it. We welcome it when it happens. Yeah. Um, but it's like um, I just hope, uh, and this is like what I what I said to both of the guys. Like I just hope that this doesn't you know go into their heads. Like oh my god, editorials. Like it's not. You know, if you're not on an editorial, basically to segue it somewhere else uh, in one of these four or five additional topics that we have, like, it's not the end of the world if if you don't get an editorial or if you don't get an editorial right away. Or because there's also like the case, for example, someone like you who runs the label, who's been into music for a while, who's been trying and does everything on point, and it's been so. It's, it, it took a little bit longer than expected for you, let's say, to land on an editorial mm -hmm. and have a release land on an editorial while, for example, Snow Lads, putting out two EPs, got, gets an editorial on the second one. Yeah. And what I want to highlight there is like this does not negate uh, or throws any shade in the quality of the music at all. Like, I think we've seen other stuff like it's, I mean, I get editorials yeah. sometimes, and I don't believe like my music is is good enough. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it, it's good. It's great. I mean, I might not sound entirely uh, excited because I've been having like a fucking headache for the past forty eight hours, and it's fucking driving me mad. But it must be something with the weather changing. And here in Austria, they have this there's this warm wind. And every time it comes blowing, like everybody gets headaches, but oh. it affects people differently. So I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm already on like a headache pill. So it's kind of like mellowed me out a little bit, listening <laughs> to some lo-fi beats. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't know why no, I always have to hate the thing that we're both, <laughs> both heavily involved in. I just fucking listen to lo-fi beats for that shit. Oh yeah, man. Oh. Yeah, I got my uh, I got my live streams up and running, which this was like actually interesting. I'm testing out two different services, by the way. Okay. One of them is running on Windows, and it's the most expensive one. Yep. The, that's where the lo-fi beats are running. <laughs> um, and I tried something else with Ubuntu. Yeah. Which is like a very bare bare bone server. Like it really took me a day and the help of a very good friend of mine who's in IT to actually figure f shit out. Yeah. Because it comes on out your it's, computer, it's, it's a it's a it's on a VPS, a, a private a virtual private server. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the cloud somewhere. But uh, yeah, the Ubuntu one is it's the cheapest version. It's like it's below ten bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, but it's like bare bones, and it takes like a excruciating effort and amount of time to set it up. Half of the shit that my, my friend did, I don't even know what's happening. Like, the last thing I heard from him was like, oh, it's a server that has no video card and no audio card. I'm like, yeah, well, how are we gonna, you know, how are we supposed to stream music then? And then 10 hours later, he's like, I fixed it. I'm like, ah, what? <laughs> I still didn't understand what happened there, but audio works, video works. Okay. And it's performing better than the other one, so which is extremely surprising. But yeah. Oh well. That's good. I, what it is. As I've always been saying, within these, yeah. excuse me, wow, podcasts. It's um. <laughs> yeah. 
YouTube, I'm very behind on that sort of thing. Um, I think we're getting yeah. to a point now as a label where we can put together a couple of mixes but, that we can put out um, all right. and maybe get some nice visuals going for that. But again, yeah. I don't know if I can be asked to put that amount of time into it. <laughs> it seems like yeah, it's a very little game. But surprisingly enough, the like the very minimal effort that we've been putting into YouTube playlists has been going quite well. Um, I update both YouTube and Deezer playlists every two weeks, where I like update the main like Spotify playlist every uh, every week, or maybe every four. Yeah. I seldom update them, um, but mostly our upbeat one does quite well. Um, saying that this one has no views so scratch that <laughs> it used to usually get around about like i don't know 15 to uh, 150 to like 200 views okay 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 um but apparently this time Whoopsie. around it's not doing anything so have I... whoopsies oh, well. but yeah i was gonna say they were they were doing fine Oh, that's it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, I think I think I literally just used YouTube my music to drag it across. I also I I was also surprised uh, years ago by the um, the traffic that YouTube playlists actually get. That th this was even before they actually came up with the whole YouTube music thing. Yeah. Um, I just casually was browsing through my playlist. I was like, wait a minute, why did this playlist get like what? And I was like, what? Okay. Yeah, apparently it's it's pretty random. Like I don't really know. I really don't know. I don't know how it is. Like it's every time you think you're on top of the game, something happens. And you're like, well, not really. And then I just that's a little slide. I, ideally, the best thing is like if you have what you said before, if you have enough new tracks, yeah, as a label, just keep pumping out mixtapes using the tracks or like a selection of the tracks. Eventually, probably just do um, what Boy does and just loop it. Do an hour and then loop it. You could like what what usually what others do. Um, it's basically they would do like half an hour and then loop it. Yeah. Uh, so it's like over an hour because the hard thing now on YouTube is like it has to be over an hour. Like we went from ten minutes, ten minutes to either shorts or super long. Yeah. And everything in between. I don't know. I, I still think like the. Uh, a good rule of thumb is more than 10 minutes because ideally this is what YouTube wants to do. Yeah, they want to keep you on the website. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know with mixtapes and stuff, it's pretty weird. Like I've had, I had mixtapes that have been like an hour long and you see the average retention time to eight minutes. Yeah. And then there's like a, a three hour mix and the average retention time is like three minutes. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I think at this point, you. there's a lot that you need to do to get YouTube to actually work for you and even then yeah. it's not really that good in terms no. of like i guess return on investment if we're gonna call it that because obviously you know the, those results yeah, yeah. are on the return on that investment 100%. which is time um yeah i think youtube overall is dying i'm seeing more and more big cur uh, creators not curators big creators leaving youtube to favor things like tiktok to favor um you know instagram and stuff like that right now mm. tiktok is definitely the place to be when it comes to music um yeah yeah but as with every platform the more that people like myself keep saying stuff like that the more the people are flipping over there and, and just filling it with with junk um yeah 
from this kind of answer kind of can go to answer what amy's asked which is what, what do you guys think about music videos for lo-fi um it depends what what determines a youtube video like are we talking like an animated music video or are we talking like <laughs> yeah a, a visualizer or are we talking like a traditional music video in the sense of you I, I mean how would you how do you make a music video like that for an uh, instrumental like it's like a, a dark place, preferably somebody's basement, and then all these different languages from the guy playing with his SP-404 or like stroking some keys. Yeah, I, I don't really don't know what yeah. it is. Like, I, I'm personally, I, I cannot imagine shooting a video for any of my tracks. Yeah. I really don't know. Like, I think it, it could be like, I see it, I, I think it's more feasible if you actually create, let's say, a small, like a short movie. Yeah. And because you know a short movie could actually feature a whole lo-fi album, basically, I don't know, yeah. twenty minutes. <laughs> it's better to do that, or if you have the budget, go above and beyond and say your own anime or some shit yeah. like that. Which is, yeah, I mean, budget-wise, whatever, it's definitely going to be blown out of proportion. However. And I don't really, I, I really don't see any ROI there at all. No. Like, there's, no, you just lose money. The amount of <laughs> That's what you do. Put into making a, a music video for a lo-fi release, yeah, is it just be way too much for what it actually is. Like, exactly, we cause... can both see from our like YouTube dashboards that that the way that lo-fi performs on youtube like you said you know in a three-hour video yeah. you can only get an eight-minute retention yeah it, do you really think someone's gonna sit there and watch you bob your hand for, for, like for like 20 minutes three minutes oh yeah well yeah yeah totally i like the idea yeah, of it's, it's... making like a short film though um but then you would need to make yeah. the actual visual representation more interesting to keep people intrigued on and then are you are you doing dialogue or is it going to be a completely dialogue free movie and then you've got to make the visuals oh really intriguing enough to keep people glued to that and then realize you know if you that's actually a really 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 good and interesting idea but you would need yeah. to work really heavily on finding that balance yeah. between keeping the visuals of the short film interesting enough to keep people watching but also what? not too interesting that it takes away from the main focus of what this this anim, um, this film would be about, which is essentially the music. Yeah. Well, let me just say this though. It's I think <clears throat> I don't want to miss the point. Is that I think we're maybe maybe we shouldn't be because we're both like pretty negative and pessimistic about. It. <laughs> this, is like the, this is like the underlying thing in every fucking episode that we do. But uh, no, I think at the end of the day, uh, it should make it definitely should make sense to you as the artist if you want to do it and if you want to enjoy and do it just fucking do it like i wouldn't um i i wouldn't care that much if i can get people's attention because nowadays as you mentioned before like with tiktok and everything there's like so much content yeah on everything that is it's impossible for you to i don't know focus somewhere and we see that with with you know, uh, a lot of the newer generation as well. I actually, uh, uh, last night, that was called um, Why Gen Z Doesn't Care About Music. It's from some, some producer uh, who's been in the game for like 30, 35 years, like a proper music producer, you know, not, yeah. not like hip hop or whatever. Uh, 
the, the name escapes me, but I'll send you the, the link yeah. later. Um, however, it's not just, I wouldn't say just Gen Z or anything like younger, gener the younger generation, whether it's like Gen Z and whatnot. It's because of the, the abundance of content and all the video content that kind of like makes the whole music thing, which is not as visual, yeah. less relatable. Mm -hmm. So uh, the same thing that we talked about last time where the, the way that the, the audience is changing, like the, all these mood listeners rather yeah. than fans. Yeah. Like, yeah, like if, if you should be happy if, you're, if your music fits a, 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 a mood that's becoming viral, like sleepy mood or lo-fi mood or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like you don't really have fans anymore. It's like the fans listen to the moods of your song. So, yeah. and it's like, with the abundance of content, of course, it's like so much music out there. Like we get to, like the, the submissions that I get, for example, submission that you get. I'm pretty sure there's other labels like, you know, our all time favorite Cargo must even do must be getting, I don't know, a thousand submissions a day. So it's 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 definitely like I would leave that to like if you want to do a video, uh, I definitely believe in music videos because I grew up my generation was it was a generation of fucking music videos like mtv mad tv all that shit that you would because i would follow like let's say metallica was my favorite band and i would just fucking uh, like salivate until they come up with their next video you know because yeah. you want you you've heard the song so many times that you wanted to see the video yeah now it's the other way around like there's so much video out there and you can put the same song on all these different types of videos and it just like yeah. changes everything so yeah well, it's, that's, it's that's interesting you say that like i i was very much the same like growing up with that with like mtv2 and like scars and kerrang like channels and you would be excited yeah. to see the video the music video show, show up but now um so for example like corn released their like, latest album a couple of months back they've only just yeah. released a music video for one of the tracks and to be honest with you i couldn't care less but I know back in the day, <laughs> yeah. I would have very much just been like, oh, shit, this video has come back up. And yeah, yeah. it must be difficult in kind of genres now that rely on that kind of visual consumer, con like consumers, that yeah. they've already consumed it through, you know, we're not looking at album sales anymore, really. We're looking at streams. Yeah. And if your album's already out there and accessible to millions of people in an instant, why do why are people going to care about all the effort you put into everything else exactly like i've seen this that i haven't even what i've seen that the music video is out for this song but i haven't even watched it because yeah i've already heard the song i know the song i, I don't really yeah yeah really care. yeah exactly but exactly. then maybe that's nice. me being an elder millennial in that you know been there <laughs> seen the videos well I don't think I don't think it's just you. It's just like the general consensus is this. Basically, it's like the definitely the way we consume not only music but information is changing. And at points, how should I say? Like my kid, for example, she's gonna grow up in the age of you know internet and Wi-Fi and all that shit. Like we didn't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like this. It's, it's different. It's like, how should I say? I'm not gonna be like a bitter old man saying, "Oh, they used to do shit better back in my day." Like, but we are. Uh, no. It's. It's. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's. It's different. It's different. You know. It's like the even the, the average consumer of goods, whether these goods are like 
I don't know, the arts or fucking yogurt or whatever. It's, it's completely different. So yeah. you need to adapt. Like for me, I just feel sometimes that I, 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 my brain just ran out of hard drive. There's, there's no more empty space, you know, yeah. like I, there's nothing and there's nothing to delete. Like I'm, I'm, I'm one of these old school, uh, hard drives with the disc plates and whatever, like yeah. the super heavy ones that you can use them as weapons instead of like throwing them away. You can just like throw them at criminals or whatever. And now you have this fucking NVMe SSDs, yeah. which is like literally like a, a like a piece of, cards. yeah, like you just stick it on the <laughs> yeah. motherboard, and it's like a fucking terabyte, like, and it's like a hundred bucks. And like, what the fuck? Still the two point five inch hard drives. I don't have the the small one. I don't have an SSD at all. Oh really? Yeah. I, I never got. Okay, to right. I kind of made this before SSDs were really that accessible, and then M two came along. Yeah, yeah. Took over that, but. I'm looking to upgrade wow. to an iMac, um, just because, yeah. you know, I built this oh, PC yeah. when I had the, my uh, gaming site and it was very much built so that it could play the games at the time and, and be kind of Exactly, yeah. So I don't really game that much anymore. Those just, were the days! Yeah, I just need something to, to edit videos and make music, so like an iMac, and I was thinking, okay, so I've yeah. got like three hard drives in this computer, and I was like, I don't want to waste them, they can just be storage. So it's like, okay, I'll look at like a RAID system oh, yeah. or one of the uh, 2.5 inch like dock things. And they're so expensive yes. because that tech is becoming obsolete. I know. It, it's, it's, I, it blew my mind. Like literally I got one of these, like you said, uh, to get rid of five old drives that I had in my PC. And like they, they made the PC way more. Yeah. Cause it's like, these are fucking heavy. So I took like a box. It's a fucking box. Yeah. And you start searching for them on Amazon. And the first thing I came up with, of course, the suggestion was like 180 euros. I'm like, it's a box. Yeah, it's just a box with a plug. It, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. It, I, I don't even want to have like any RAID system thingy. Like it should be like a storage thing that I can like turn on and off, like, like, like a condom for a hard drive. Only this hard drive takes this condom takes multiple dicks inside. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. I think and I then I can switch four, it on or switch it um, off. A four disc dock that did both the big yeah. one and then the smaller um, like laptop size hard disc. Yeah. And the, the cheapest I could find was like 50 quid, 75 quid. Yeah, same same here. I, I ended up like buying like one that was like 50 euros. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever, sure. And it's like, it took me a while to figure it out because you had to, uh, how should I say? Like, if you wanted it to work, the hard drives had to be st st uh, stacked, yeah. like, uh, continuously, instead of, like, if you left a gap in there, because I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, I'll leave a gap in the middle of it, you know, to get some air. Yeah. And it wouldn't start. And I'm like, this can't be <laughs> the thing. Because there was, like, no manuals, because everything is coming from wherever it comes, you know, like, the, the depths of the east or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and... I played around with it. I was like, oh, okay, I see. Hmm. All right, cool. But anyway, it's 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 ridiculous. Like now, I have like two NVMe drives, one tera each, like two tera, yeah, on on the motherboard, and then I have like three SSDs. Two of them are five hundred gigs, and one of them is a tera byte. And I'm still like, I still feel like I'm running low on hard drives. But anyway, that's, uh, you know, like, I mean, that's, I'm just sitting on one terabyte and then a couple of 500s. So I'm very behind. Yeah. I, yeah. No, nah, um, nah, it's like the, the, the downside of all that crap is basically that you have to fucking upgrade your whole system yeah. at the end of the yeah, day exactly. for you to support that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, I need a new motherboard. How much does that cost? 
oh, 100, like, you're not going to find a proper like, motherboard well, that supports NVMe's less than 100 euros yeah, or like 100 quid. Um, what CPU are you running? AMD? I have a, for the first time ever, I have a MD Risen 9, 9, 6, not the latest one. So the chipset is different as well. Yeah. I, but I, I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty um, satisfied. I was like, oh, I'll get an i5 because I don't want an i7. At that point, when I was building my PC, I didn't understand that there was different generations. So I just got one that was relatively <laughs> affordable. And there I am. My... When, it's, when at the time, we're getting into 7th yeah. gen like i9s, and I'm sitting here with a fucking 4th yeah. gen oh, i5. <laughs> Building this fucking PC, mostly, or nothing. For, yeah, <laughs> mostly for the graphics card, and then I realised right, this, yeah, yeah. this is already like <laughs> six yeah. years old. And it's brand Absolutely, new. I know, I know. Nah, it's fine. Like yeah. it's, I think uh, it's a good rule of thumb is like it's lasted a good like six or seven years, but it's really showing its age now, especially when the other day. Windows update was like, oh, I'm going to download an update in the background, and everything was yeah. just so fucking slow. Shit. And I was like, I have yeah, shit to yeah. do, and it's taking three hours just to open Photoshop. What the fuck? For me, it was like super dope. Like after, because I, I do my upgrades now. I mean, the past ten years, I upgraded my PC two times. But I think that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Like, and I'm guessing like my next update will probably be an iMac. Like I will go into this age group where I couldn't care less yeah. about shit. So I want something that so is I'm like idiot there. proof. Yeah, iMac, whatever. And you let's go, let's get the iMac. refurb ones. I'm looking at a refurb um, 2017 one. Um, yeah. There's a specific but, website that I can go on where you can choose just like the little upgrade. So I can I can upgrade it from 16 okay. to 32 gig um, RAM. Okay. And then I can stick like a, I don't know, just a 500 SSD in, which I can use for the system. And then have these okay. hard drives on the side or maybe a couple of SSDs to plug into uh, for storage and for other things. Yeah, definitely makes sense. But, but why would you, because I had... I had the same, um, I was in the same pickle when, when uh, recently I wanted to get my dad, uh, let's say a Mac, yeah. so she can get out of the whole PC thing and updates and downloading all these random Mahjong tile games and all that crap and getting viruses and like he had like a cable spaghetti behind his desk, like yeah. it was like fucking weird. Uh, so and the man is in his like late 60s so I was like let's make this guy's life a little bit easier nowadays he's very adept adept to technology yeah. as well like he has an iWatch he has a, an iPhone so I'm like completing basically the the whole uh, group yeah. the family of products and would you I think you should consider like maybe check out the mini max the mac mini yeah cuz I got him a mac mini like of course he has a screen and all that I understand what the the pros are for the advantage of an iMac because mm -hmm. you're probably going to go for the the latest one, the one that they put out, or like the super huge one. I probably I'm going for a 27 inch because I'm currently okay. on a 24 inch screen, so I'd want the slightly bigger okay. one, but I can't like looking at brand new. For the specs that I'm kind of looking for, I couldn't dive into a brand new. Okay. Thing. Okay. No, because because the the Mac Mini like it's a lot cheaper than a new one. Yeah. And if you already have like a screen, you can get away with like, I wouldn't say a cheap 4K screen, but you can get away with a cheap screen I mean, that is like decent so. quality. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is it is what it is. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. at least like you have all the power of a Macintosh yeah, yeah. machine, and then you just need uh, let's say uh, peripherals basically, yeah. which 
as you know, they can be, I don't know, inexpensive or yeah. not as expensive as like a fucking Mac screen for like eight grand or some shit or that, that cheese grinder thing that they sold for like above a grand. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I know somebody who got that actually. I was like, or the, the, the one that's round that looks like a trash can. The, the, the one that's like a cheese grinder. Like, what is it? Like, is it the screen base or the screen no, holder or some shit like that? That's the actual. No, I'm not talking about the Mac Pro. No, 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 no. They came up with like a. a I think it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a screen stand or some shit like that, and it's like it's, it's like a, a cheese, cheese grinder. grinder. <laughs> <laughs> like you fucking grind parmesan on your fucking spaghetti, <laughs> and it costs like I don't know, like a, a, half a grand, yeah. eight hundred dollars or some shit, whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's of course like it depends on on you know the usage and all that stuff. Like I I definitely feel you on the on the part of up, upgrading computers. I've been upgrading my computer since dude. The first machine that I've ever had was a fucking Amstrad sixteen forty. Right, yeah, like with like a floppy disk yeah. and everything, and I would play games. And then the first one that I got after that was like a. Uh, uh, a 286 like a friend of some of my friends got a 8086 like the chipset whatever the fuck that was back then yeah. and i got like i had the 286 which was like i don't know four megabytes of ram <laughs> yeah i our first PC 10 megabytes was, hard drive <laughs> the first pc we got with that had you know windows 95 holy shit and then it came yeah. with like a, a little stack like disc of games that it came with and it was tomb raider command and conquer red alert i think sega rally um and so oh, wow else. yeah this was an old ass um and i remember you know playing like using that to death and then i went dude and, i had what was, it? What, was it? what was the first uh, Windows version? Like the... Well, NT, like... No, 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 no. It was in 85 or whatever, like in the late 80s that was launched. It was like Windows 3.11, 3.11 or some shit like that. What was it called? I don't know. Hey, chat, let us know. Nobody's <laughs> going to know because nobody's that fucking old. Yeah, exactly. Everybody... <laughs> everybody the oldest Windows weren't even born the knows is like <laughs> fucking Vista. <laughs> Nah, but uh, I have to say though that the Windows 11 is fucking dope. I like this. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> it's like you don't. Have, you can't upgrade, and I'm like, oh fuck you. Yeah, I'm. I was really blown away. I was a little bit reserved in the beginning or concerned, yeah. but I gotta admit, like, but it has like a lot of Apple kind of like gimmicks does. here and At there. At this point, like every android is copying apple apple's copying android windows is copying mac apple's copying windows it's just we're all just gonna end up with exactly the same stuff but just a different brand exactly we should we should it's a fucking let's let's do like let's turn this thing into fucking global communism everybody's the same <laughs> i know somebody who's trying really hard in ukraine at the moment fucking asshole but yeah <laughs> jesus christ oh yeah, how did that get in here <laughs> no so and uh having said that um now the stuff that i would i wanted to talk about today because uh, oh, yeah, well it's like topic. i don't know how we ended up here yeah yeah i don't know we're just coming and going like but I, i'm pretty sure like people are fine with it it's it's okay um we're gonna have to be. uh <laughs> yeah Thank like you. some i think something that we heard uh a little while ago yep uh, and we try to kind of like, you know, contextualize it and everything. Um, uh, I think it's a very, and I mentioned that earlier, it's, it's, if you're in the, 
let's say in our genre, because this is the genre we're talking about, um, and you're gunning for an editorial placement, and this is like your plan A, yeah. that's completely wrong. Like this is not the way to go when it makes when when it comes to like making music like the stuff that we do let's say now for as long as it might live mm -hmm. uh, so i think like the plan a should always be to make something that you personally like i mean um, wait i'm not gonna say to be make something that's good good sorry make something that's good because we both know with everybody knows that good is uh, very subjective to say and you know taste is different but it should be something that you like doing and you should not try to mold it to fit a specific uh sound like like you said yep. so many times in the past like of a specific label and because that label is making sleepy stuff i'm gonna make sleepy stuff and that label makes like study stuff i'm gonna make study stuff or whatever like you should do something that you like particularly it can have like the I guess lo-fi bass, whatever the fuck the lo-fi bass is nowadays. Because I don't know, I per I personally lost the plot, and I've been doing this for six years now. I don't know, I don't even know what's happening. Um, but that should be definitely the plan A. And then I wouldn't. I mean, plan B would be like to try to do to expand your palette. Well, I think production what, palette. What we're talking about here is endgame, really, isn't it? Like, what yeah. what is your what would you say is is defines your success and i know we've discussed this before and you're saying yeah. that those that have you know their goal as being editorial that that's not you know that's not good yeah and in a sense i i think you should always have healthy goals but i don't think it should be end game i don't think you should be sitting there thinking no. oh this i need to make this type of music to get this editorial i need to make exactly. this type of music to please lo-fi girl i need to make this type yeah. of music to please whatever label you want to talk be involved in i yeah i yeah. agree with you you should make music that you personally enjoy um and that's exactly what I do, which is very evident with my fucking Spotify rap, <laughs> which is <laughs> I am my own top artist. Um, and actually, I learned recently that it was the same for John Mayer, so I guess I'm up there with, with certain other artists. Um, hey, John. And I think, yeah, if you're not willing to bump your own shit on a regular basis, then clearly yeah. you are doing something wrong. If you're yeah. creating music... and I said this last time, there's actually nothing wrong with you sitting there and thinking, right, I want to hit this editorial. I've listened no. to these tracks that have made editorial, so I'm going to make something similar. That's fine. Yeah. But what you're doing there is creating for the sole purpose of something else, not necessarily yeah. for yourself. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But then turning around yeah. and being like, well, you know, this is this is the way to success. No, it's not. Yeah. No. Just um, basically don't get lost into, no, like don't don't lose the forest for the trees, yeah. you know? Because there's always like, how should I say, there's always like the danger. We might sit here and say all that stuff about everybody, like don't, don't freak out and don't do this, don't do that. Um, however, what we cannot know is the fact that maybe somebody, you know, makes an attempt on, let's say some sleepy beats and he ends up literally liking them. And he likes them. So I definitely see that um, 
see that as a pickle for me, me sitting here and saying, oh, no, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. But at the same time, there's always like a person who might actually really like that stuff. Yeah. I think what, what we're basically saying here, to make it more clear, is that um, um, uh, I lost my turn of thought. No, is that, is that you shouldn't get too hung up on this whole specific sound that is selling, quote yeah. unquote, selling right now. Like you just, just like, it's, it's a good reference point, but it should be just that. Because at the end of the day, I think what, what, what we both agree on 100% is that if your shit, if, you're, if the music that you make sounds like a hundred other tracks, you're not really making anything crazy. So, and, and this is where, where you and me get triggered when we get like, uh, um, we get across comments or submissions or discussions where people are like, but I worked so hard in this and blah, blah, blah. Dude, no, like, you just did the bare minimum. You just yeah. did something so you sound like everything else. So you might increase your chances to do getting into a playlist because you just sound like everything else. Yeah. So, yeah. Stay on it's, top of your game, lads. Yeah. And, and there is, if that's the kind of direction that you want to go, and, you know, yeah, you end up liking that, that's fine. But, yeah, yeah don't, don't be you know, shouting around the internet that I've worked hard to create these sounds that are, mean so much to me. And, yeah, you know, and, the uh, next week um, you're doing the same, exactly the same thing for another, <laughs> another release that you've got. Um, yeah. no, I, I think it's healthy to have goals. And I think yeah. it's healthy to explore other, yeah. um, I guess, production skills or, or different sounds to yes. to expand 100%. your your thingy as a as a producer, as a as a musician, as yeah. a creator, but I think setting out to intentionally appease someone that isn't you um, can yeah as as people that that I'm, and I'm sure you you can agree as people that that receive tracks that have clearly been created with a specific playlist or sound in mind, that becomes mm -hmm. very obvious that this isn't anything that you're overly passionate about um yeah. you know i've received tracks for submission that may or may not have been indicated whether accidentally or on purpose that it was originally meant for a certain other type of <laughs> label um, <laughs> yeah update your urls kids yeah and it's like that's fine i'll listen to it but i can tell that yeah, yeah. at this point you don't really care that that we're listening to it you know, you've yeah, exactly, been rejected exactly. by that label that it was intended for, and now you're just kind of yeah, shilling it trying to sell it, sell it somewhere else. And yeah, I think this, yeah. this again speaks volumes for a lot of artists in that. Yeah. So we've both we've spoke about this before as well, uh, mostly in private about um, people that kind of ship their music off to like thirty thousand labels at once. Yeah, it's it's valid. It's a valid way of getting it out there. It, it is hard to keep track of everything that you send, but it's also kind of obvious to a lot of labels when you do that. Yeah, yeah. And it can kind of sour the mood before you've even had a chance to listen. And I'm yeah. not saying don't, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that at all. If that's the the way, that, if that's your workflow, awesome. Um, you. 
yeah. you know keep track of it your own way i'm i'm awful for keeping track of shit um you know it, it took me ages to and, and also it's it's hard to wait i'm a very impatient yeah, person yeah. i can't yeah, you know yeah. send it to one label wait two weeks and then attempt to send it to another by that point i've either moved on from that kind of release because i'm working on other things or you know it's yeah. just kind of oh okay they obviously didn't want it and it, it's that kind of even though they, did, they didn't say no i'm still just a bit disappointed that, that i didn't even get a response it, it, it is hard so I, I can see why it's easier just to send it to 100 labels at once but at the same time i have seen well it's no go on i think the the whole the whole being how should i say um impatient i wouldn't say like uh, things are taking too long it's just like it's it's your yours and mine taking too long is way different than um i can say the average sub submitter that i get like there are some people that uh really don't have a knack for patience or they don't know what really you know patience really means mm -hmm. uh i mean i'm 41 it took me literally <laughs> 20 years to actually do something with music and it wasn't even in the original style that I started yeah. because I wanted to be a superstar DJ like fucking Oakenfold and Dickweed and all these big guys or whatever and look at me now I'm the lo-fi dad you know and I'm not my music is not even that good um, but yeah you get the gist of it is that um, patience sometimes could be uh, for me it varies from from you know uh, two weeks to three weeks I've been I've been patient with a lot of stuff uh, especially, let's say the whole UMG fiasco that that took like extreme amounts of patience. Like that, that patient, patience exercise lasted a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, somebody like waiting for a couple of days before somebody replies to them, it's not it's not really that long, you know. Unless, of course, like people ha uh, have the misconceptions that you and me are just like sitting in front of a computer and just waiting for like a ping, like a notification to just go in and start yeah. listening to the music and so reply and say yes, no, whatever. Um, which is not the case because we, um, we have lives outside of this uh, yeah, and, and, and jobs, you know, we just, we have a job. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but I definitely, because you mentioned before, I definitely get a little bit sour when I see a BCC type of submission yeah. on my inbox or uh, especially on my inbox, because I've made it pretty clear that if you want to submit music to my label, there's like a, a, a submission form. That's it. So anything else that comes through, uh, nine out of 10 times, I just delete it. So. I'm sorry and apologize to anybody who sent me anything on the email and never got back to me. It's probably because I deleted it because I don't accept submissions on, on mail and I don't even bother. I used to reply to these emails like, oh, can you please use the submission for... No, like it's the same concept that I've joked with you or we joked with each other so many times in this past year, whereas like people don't read. Yeah. Like they go, they send you a DM on Instagram. Where can I send you this? It's a, I'm pretty sure it, it takes you like a minute to figure it out, but can, can I just send it here? Like even, even after you explain to them that there is a submission form, whatever, can I just send it here? Yeah. Knock yourself out, man. I'm just going to delete it anyway. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a little bit weird to me when that happens. So anyway, it's, it's definitely like, um, 
What were we talking about? I don't know. I lost the plot. Oh, I always talked about. Uh, we were talking about people submitting stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now I think. Yeah, we started with the holy tutorials and submission, whatever. Yeah. I think what people should definitely focus on uh, what I wanted to add. What you said before, um, which I think is very crucial, is like adding to your skill set. Yeah. That could be, you know, uh, figuring out a new way to do your mix down, or finding out a new mastering tool, or. Uh, watching a, f a few, I don't know, a th thousands of YouTube uh, videos about producing better or uh, choosing a different um, software to make something yeah. or, or anything like that. Like anything that can add to your style, not solely for the purpose to make it unique, because as I mentioned in the past so many times, there's no parthenogenesis anymore. So there's nothing like I, I, there's very few things that surprise me and I'm like, oh wow, this is like so unique as a style. No, not really. Yeah. Um, but the more stuff you add, I mean, especially when it comes to music, what I've seen as, as growing up as an electronic producer, electronic music producer, is like every time somebody would add an element of an, another music genre in, let's say, the house music that we used to do yeah. back then, Somebody might add, I don't know, some sort of like uh, Indian, uh, like a sitar or whatever. Something that was like from a, an, an entirely different musical culture yeah. to a very commercialized existing one. Then this would have automatically make it like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Yeah. Uh, we can joke around even about, you know, Asian beats or Japanese type, whatever, like the stuff like... Oriental, I don't know, whatever. Um, he being ignorant there. So something like that, like it, it, it could be like that. That's why. That's why I'm saying like making like sleepy beats is not entirely bad if you can add your your pizzazz on yeah. it, like your extra that extra oomph. Of course, when there's like labels out there that both you and me know that even the curation is forcing people to make everything sound the same. Yeah then this is something you should definitely avoid. Like if, if a label comes to you and tries to push you into a specific mold, then they clearly don't give a shit about yeah. how you, you are as an artist. Um, I think but yeah, there's like, definitely good feedback uh, that a label can give because I think that that is obviously the yes. point of us as, as labels is to, to help develop those artists. You know, I've I've mentioned a couple of times that there've been, there've been some submissions to us that we've liked, but there's been certain elements, not necessarily, necessarily musically, but elements that are... So, like, I'll say that we've got a track coming up with a, uh, a track, in, uh, an album, actually, coming up with um, a guy called Flat Room Society. And we helped, essentially, shape it into what it's become, um, mostly because the style that it is was very much kind of that old-school um like lo-fi beats lo-fi hip-hop type thing and yeah. having having a track that sits around two minutes 30 to, to three minutes gets super repetitive so yeah we you know we offered that feedback and we're like look you know maybe shorten it down or um just add something to it about halfway through to make it a little more interesting to the listener um, yeah. And you know, we, we gave that feedback. We we helped arrange the the tracks and stuff, um, so it, it was like coherent as you were listening through to it. And you know, the guy came back to us and he was very much like, "Yeah, this is actually like the the 
making these changes turned it into like even better than, than what it was um so yeah. we were like super proud of that and we're we're so happy to be able to work with artists that understand that you know that kind of outside feedback if they're open to it can take yeah. their their already fantastic release even better um and i think that's definitely the responsibility that some labels should take but like you said trying to get something and think oh, okay this has potential to fit in this hole you, you know you can't really stick a triangle in a circle hole but they're they're trying yeah and it's like yeah. you know add that extra umph to a sleepy beats track but not too much make sure it still has sleepy sleepy yeah make, make yeah, sure it still has yeah, nah. any sort of interesting things at all all that kicks <laughs> a little too hard turn it down a little bit yeah muffle that shit up boy yeah and it's like yeah yeah I think nah. as a label if they are willing to give you feedback that has the track's best interest at heart and not yeah not the idea of this needs to fit into our box then yeah. they in my opinion are, are a decent label if they're turning you away because even though it's kind of yeah. sleepy but the kicks a bit too hard or you know yeah. it, it's it's too you know the guitar's a bit too aggressive yeah it's just like, uh, you know, on on that note, what I want to add, I want to add is is basically I think that um, people or let's say labels, um, they just they just got they just got too comfortable in their majority in the sense of, of like, there's this specific genre that we're releasing like with this specific sound and the levels and whatever. So we just we just funnel everything there. And we just like keep pushing everything down that fucking hole. Yeah. Everything. And just keep doing the same old shit over and over. I think there's a lot less people um, taking risks with music. Like, yeah, um, 100%. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to tune our horns, but I know that you do it a lot, even though, um, you know, you might say you don't like sleepy beats and stuff like that, but the, there is a, a variety in the stuff that Kiwi Bear is releasing. Yeah. You know, you don't listen, you don't hear, and this is what I, what I enjoy listening to as well, is like, I don't hear the um, the same type beat release after release. Mm -hmm. Like, you really curate it. While I don't do that that much, like for me, it might be a couple of releases down the line when the sound changes a little bit or whatever. But I will be, I, I started like being more aggressive now with my, uh, my ambient, uh, let's say, uh, scouting yeah and i will be releasing uh and you know that for a fact like a, a dancey thingy yeah uh a dance tune uh you know i definitely like how should i say for example when when, we, when i got that that house type track yeah. submitted to me i sent it to you and i was like fuck that sounds interesting do i think like it's a fucking hit or it's gonna blow up no but I just felt like it's like it's the vibe that I got from it was like really nice. Like yeah. it sounded organic, the elements were there. Uh, anyway, I don't want to you know add any spoilers to that, but that's it. Like it's, I think that's what what I'm missing. But on a on the same note though, I'm happy that other labels don't do it and I do it and you do it. Yeah, because this this kind of like I think that this is gonna we're, we're more inclusive when it comes to music. Yeah. I, I think for us, it, it's very much um, like for us being Kiwi Bear that we, though we, we do release for the majority, like lo-fi hip hop or like instrumental hip hop, I would like to more consider us 
as a what i would say a, a bedroom label so yeah. you know we we have we are yeah we, we are bedroom label, labels yeah, we have like lo-fi look, and look where you are <laughs> we have you know we want to kind of go down the bedroom pop route we want to go down the sort of like yeah. old pop old r&b neo soul type route and we want to yeah. kind of encapsulate this trend of bedroom producers and bedroom musicians and yeah. bring them together in under you know that's kind of what we want to to be kind of known for um mm-hmm. we don't really mind that at the moment the majority of our stuff is is lo-fi hip-hop chill hop instrumental hip-hop type stuff no that's, you know that's the whole point of you know kind of starting the label but thinking how can we differ yeah. and that you know like you said it, it's looking outside that box but not necessarily yeah. you know you're not thinking of looking for the next like metallica you're you're yeah, fi- exactly. you're looking at what you enjoy personally and how it kind exactly. of fits within you know you've got more of an instrumental lo-fi sound yeah. but you have like roots in house and, and that type of edm and stuff as well so yeah that in and the same with like the ambient and yeah the same with um with damon and, and tsunami sounds you know they've got their the other label well a couple of two other sub labels i think haven't they that are focusing more on you know they have their ambient they're now focusing on more like funk type stuff as well um and it's that yeah. kind of diversity that we kind of need to bring to the instrumental genre if we're just going to talk about that as, as a whole yeah yeah because yeah. you know going back to what you said th- this whole spotify and focusing on moods thing that's very much the way that people are consuming music at the moment so how can we broaden our horizons as labels to f- not only follow that trend but also go yeah. beyond what that trend is and set our own path exactly i think exactly that that that's that should be like definitely the ultimate goal there like it's we're, we're not really uh trying to and i'm just putting a disclaimer here to everybody who's listening as well like we're not trying to basically adapt and conform to the new order of things like all those like the audience is uh, adjusting themselves into listening to moods so we just need to fill out all the possible moods with all the possible music whatever yeah. no, no no we're just being diverse for the heck of it because we want to be unique in the sense and if you're being how should I say, if you don't follow the trends and you're thinking outside the box, then you're definitely going to have like people turning around and say, oh, I know Kiwi Bear, I know Pablo Vista, like they don't just do this and this and this. Something I also find very funny is that, um, uh, how should I say, having um, uh, sub labels yeah. all the time, you know what I mean? So it's, I think, I think that's a little bit weird, like you shouldn't have so many sub labels out there like it's what yeah you i I do understand the whole grouping of things and whatnot but at the same time i just feel a little bit lost like in the sense of like oh uh did you know the chill hop music makes uh releases ambient stuff like nowhere they have this other sub label yeah it's i think i think it's just like i think if you're releasing stuff that's drastically different so you know you have like a chill hop instrumental label and then yeah you want yeah. to release more sort of like band focused funk indie type stuff then that makes sense because it doesn't might be yeah okay and yeah. even like us as a label as you are well aware with you know you borrow one of our play you know our releases playlist with your um smarter playlist thing that you have and you yeah. know you've had to filter it so it doesn't <laughs> grab all of the vocal tracks 
Yeah. Um, and that is kind of one of the reasons why maybe having a sub label would work. So, you know, our instrumental stuff stays there, our more singing stuff stays there. But at the same time, I don't really feel like it's incredibly necessary. Yeah, go cool. Oh, your sound has changed. Yeah, because I just realized that the headphones that I had have a microphone on them. Yes. And that little plug over there, that little plug over there, actually grabs the the sound of the microphone. I, I noticed it just so as you yeah. locked it. Exactly, because I was like, oh, shit, why why do I hear that? So, yeah. You might need to turn yourself up just a little bit. <laughs> so, all this time, it's been the headphone microphone. Of course. So, all this time, it's been with the headphone microphone. Now, what about now? Is it better? Yes, it's a little bit quieter than what it was. How about now? I think now it's like now it's like maxed out. It's better when you face it, I think. When I face the mic, right? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, to kind of jump on yeah. what um what Pavani's just said is that Lo-Fi Jazz branched out. So what Lo-Fi Jazz did, they didn't branch out. They turned their Lo-Fi Jazz label into the sub label and created a <laughs> exactly. label that encapsulated all of chill lo-fi um yeah. again fine if that's what you want to do that's fine i found it a, they were going along with what i would have considered a unique selling point which was focusing on more jazzy jazzy lo-fi beats that if that's that, yeah exactly mm-hmm. um but it's clear that that obviously wasn't working for them or they were sick of getting submissions that didn't fit within the jazz lo-fi sound and wanted to for lack of a better word cash in on that um (laughs) so in my opinion i mean at first i actually thought it was an april fool's joke because they announced it on april 1st um but apparently it wasn't a joke they completely shifted their their direction and If that works for you, then fine. Then go for it. Yeah, exactly. Then go for it. But, but it's like it's it's not really working for everybody. Like, yeah, I don't know. Personally, for me, it unfortunately it it looks like more of a cash grab. Like, oh, we're missing out on all of these tracks that are super yeah. chill and not jazzy. So let's just release them and, and turn lo-fi jazz. Into- and, yeah, and also they were getting playlisted more than them. Than theirs because when it comes to the whole jazzy stuff oh my sound does sound a lot better now uh even though how should even though they were getting a lot of placements with all this jazzy shit it wasn't enough because you have like a big competition there like you have you know yeah. you have labels like vinyl digital or mutombo or cookie or whatever the fuck they're called you know that all that jazzy jazzy stuff like show caterpillar <laughs> That one too, that one too. But it is like this, all this super uh, spliced out shit that is like out there. And, yeah. Um, speaking of which, I wanna I wanna give a shout out to um, to our boy, uh, Cozy Cabin. For yeah. Going the extra mile and doing the research. <laughs> yeah. What she basically, what she basically did. Uh, you know, we, we guys were telling you Chartmetric is the shit, you definitely should check it out. What what he basically did, he was like, uh, he uh, went ahead and listened to 
uh, three of the major lo-fi GZ editorial playlists without looking at the actual tracks, the, you know, their names and whatever. And every time he would listen to something that he'd like, he would, you know, heart it and like it. And no, it was, it was any, it was whenever he'd heard a oh, splice when, Yeah, whenever, yeah. That whenever he recognized. He hear like a splice melody that he knew, uh, he would just like the track. And then after listening to all this, all this time, 90% of the stuff that he actually liked was releases from um, that company in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> and I, similar other music groups. So. I got really actually disappointed this week by, um, I guess by Spotify as a whole, in that, okay. so, so for some reason- Just I, this week? Yeah, well, I thought, well, <laughs> well, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I've kind of learned that I can sleep to, sleep to EDM. For some reason, well, or mostly like okay. chill, like electronic, electronic stuff. Okay. So I've been looking for like some decent playlists that were kind of have that subtle, like because I guess the 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 kind of works and gets me to, to yeah. sleep for some reason. So I was like looking yeah. around for playlists, and there was this one. I think it was, I think it was like a lounge electro or something. It was a Spotify. Um, editorial playlist and i was listening through to it and each of the tracks were like one minute 20 one minute 30 and, and um this particular playlist had every single one of the tracks crossfade into each other which doesn't usually happen with a lot of the playlists that i listen to so i was like okay this is mm. this is really interesting but it was also quite jarring because they were it wasn't mixed well that they were just crossfading from one yeah. track to another what to exactly. me felt like do, yeah. halfway through a track so I was like, oh, let yeah. me, let's have a look at some of these tracks on this playlist. And I would say all of them that I checked out were artists that only had one song, no artist description, and were either a part of Firefly Entertainment, Chill Caterpillar, uh, just random ass labels that... And all of these artists just had a generic, like they didn't have an artist picture, that their picture was, you know, that one release yeah, yeah. they had on there. And yeah, I was, I was really fucking disappointed that this entire, like lounge chill out playlist was essentially yeah. just shit, generic, like yeah. music. And I was really, I was, it's really disappointing. Cause I was like, okay, I want to find it something that was good. Um, apparently, IDM works for me, so I'm listening to like Boards okay. of Canada and Aphex Twin to sleep. Oh, <laughs> so that's like, I think, I think if you're like the, me personally, I just if I'm sleepy, I'll just sleep. I really don't need to. But when it comes to like if I have to listen to something to sleep, I I would I would agree with you. Like I've done this with Progressive House, yeah, like which is again electronic music. Um, and of course, ambient works a lot with yeah. me. I actually, last night I tested out the live stream in the sense of um, if it actually, I mean, if it does what it says, because yeah. I put on, on the title that, you know, close your eyes and dream or whatever. Uh, it actually works. This is what I did. I just closed my eyes, I let a plane and just slept. Yeah. I didn't dream shit, but I slept, which was okay. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see your point there. It's like. <laughs> I mean, Again, it, it could have matter, been anything, but taste. it was just exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's this. This only basically proves that all that stuff is like it's a false pretense. 
you know like it's not that one label or one type of music is good for something specific because oh I, I tell you so or they have like a million followers on the playlist so it must be good no no, yeah. no. it's it's Whatever you want to do, you do it. Like it, it, it doesn't matter. Like this basically proves the point that you don't really need to have sleepy beats to sleep. Yeah. Well, it was their one hundred percent lounge yeah. playlist, and yeah, the top can... two, three, four tracks are just artists that have. That's their only song. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, I, th- this I, one I'm, called I'm really... called Camille Bo. One track. Um, yeah. Four million plays. And who released it? Um, oh, apparently that artist themselves. Karen. Karen released it. Camille, with an accent. Camille, come on. Yeah, whatever. I, I I really don't know. Like I'm, I think we've talked about this for so long. It's just uh, I'm I'm definitely in the mood of just uh, grabbing a pot of uh, popcorn and just like watching how that thing unfolds because. This is not only, I mean, we talked about saturation of the lo-fi scene before yeah. so many times, but it doesn't, not, every fucking genre has been saturated. I think uh, when it comes to uh, instrumental music, oh, God forbid they start doing this with rap or pop music. <laughs> it's going to be mental. I think uh, that's, but I, that could never know. happen though. Yeah, exactly. Because how how many how many ghost singers can you find? You know, you have to credit all these people anyway. I so, uh, I think with instrumental music, it's easy to put a pseudonym and just create yeah. music around that. When it comes to stuff that's actually substantial, like you know, singer songwriters and vocal tracks, it's hard to fake that because ch- yeah. chances are people are wanting to know who the singer-songwriter is. People are going to want to, they'll be resonating with the lyrics. They'll be, you know, finding joy in the song and the the music and the vocals and stuff. So they're going to naturally want to know who that singer is and follow that singer or that rapper. Um, When it comes to instrumental music, yeah, I think it's super easy to to kind of just um, fake your way through. Oh yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Which sucks. I'm I'm definitely, I'm, I'm just literally in awe with how the whole thing is, is evolving and where is it it's going um i don't think how should i say me personally as a label or whatnot has really affected me or oh my god i'm losing plays or i'm losing streams i cannot provide for my artists like that kind of thing like i think uh, uh maybe if you're thinking of making a label now you're starting a label now that could definitely be very very um discouraging yeah and it might require 10 times more of the effort than than the ones that I put in. Um, but it's 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 very interesting where this thing is going because I don't how should I say it's it's just a it's a it's a cash grab. Like the whole thing is a cash grab. It's it it it's not sustainable. Yeah. It cannot be scaled. It's just it works now, which is great. But you cannot really do this indefinitely, even though we did you know, analyze the pros and the cons about it. And the last episode that it, of course, from the, I don't know, uh, salary insurance and benefits perspective makes more sense for a company, but does it really like, what's the, like, what's, what's the end game here? 
like uh, if it, I mean, of course you can say, yeah, the end game is like to make money. Sure, okay. Yeah. Um, and this is also something that you know, having said that, um, I I've been noticing lately that uh, there's like more and more people that uh, you know get involved in this are are so fixated with the whole money aspect. Yeah. And the whole like making this and making that and like there's like there were two topics that I wanted to basically uh, touch. One of them is that, and the other one that I wanted to mention. I was thinking while you were talking, it was basically the whole uh, splice or uh, sample library library website thing. Mm-hmm. I think this the whole sample library thing, even though it provided. Um, it provided some sort of value to somebody, to yeah. some people. Like, let's say, Tracklib, through Tracklib, you can you license your samples. Yeah. You know, you can clear them in a way, which is great for the original composers. Um, uh, but it's more expensive uh, to use than, than Splice. It's just, I think it just killed creativity. It has. And I'll, I will tell you that one thing that actually I experienced this week. Um, so I'm currently working on, um, well, it was an EP, but it's turning more into an album now um, of music that's kind of going more towards the old school kind of jazzy boom bap type type music. It's it's quite sample heavy. Um, yeah. You know, I'm learning through Splice how to build those kind of boom bap style drums. Um, um, but yeah. there's there's one particular track that I'm, I'm pretty sure I just used a straight splice drum sample because it was like yeah it was chill pitched it up a little bit or down, um, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you know I'm not good with drums so I just use I sometimes just just a splice sample up. This track's kind of been in the works for a little while. Um, I had a guy do some scratching over the top of it, and it's turned you know it's turned out into a really nice track. Um, it's not necessarily been been heard, but. Um, Oh, fuck. Flying Lotus recently released the soundtrack to a Apple TV program that he's working on. And oh, cool. that specific track that showed up on my release radar had the exact same drums. Not only that, for some reason, it also had subtle scratching in the background. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure nobody's heard this, but I have also shared snippets of it online. I'm not saying that Flying Lotus has copied me or copied us because the person that did the scratches. How? He's released it before me. I'm going to have to go and rework all of these drums. Because if I release that, it it would just be very obvious for fans of this artist because they'll probably listen to it. But that shows me... Most likely his fans don't listen to your stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I think Flying Lotus kind of... Kind of crosses over, but but not obviously. He's incredibly yeah, but you know popular. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but that's exactly. I think the point that I was going for is this guy's obviously created these tracks specifically for sync licensing to get onto the soundtrack of this TV show. Yeah. yeah. On and you say in Splice has made musicians lazy. This is one hundred percent proof of that. Yes, I'm doing it because I yeah. I, I use it because I can't be asked to make drums. I'm not very good at making drums. But in his sense, and I obviously can't speak for, for Flying Lotus, but he was—he's clearly not made this this sound this soundtrack 
track for the TV show because he's passionate about what this track is. He's been given a brief, most likely, and he's built a track around this brief to get sync placement on this TV show. And that shows, that kind of, again, shows you that he was just doing that to make money. Um, He's released this, he's released a part of the soundtrack. He's he's not going to be pushing it to all of his fans. He's not going to be well, as far as I'm aware, he's not posting it on like his his Instagram or, or whatever. So, yeah, it just it, yeah, it just kind of proves your point that Splice is not only allowing producers to be kind of lazy when creating stuff, but also it allows producers to to hit that kind of sync target quite easily and you know well, make that money without really being that passionate about what they're creating that again it's kind of like the firefly entertainment artists they're just making yeah. music to make money it doesn't necessarily care where that that music's coming from they're not passionate about that that music that they're putting out they're just making it to fit a brief and that's what fly lotus has clearly done in this this instance one thing that i wanted to note is basically not i wouldn't say particularly because you said you said lazy i think Working with like a little bit the, the, the etymology of the word, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, less creative, like I, I for me, like killing creative creativity, it's not really yeah. like being lazy, but it's like how should I say? There, there are people who have used splice. I have used splice yeah. myself, and you are being creative with what you use because you know you're you're not that stupid to use the exact perfect looped sample as it is on your track because it's going to be like fucking dead obvious and yeah i think we covered the whole content id topic one time too many in the past (laughs) Uh, so it's just like i just see like less people like becoming less creative with the stuff that they get which is more or less ready made yeah for you but it's it's a good how should i say like instead of people using that as a point of reference they're like oh this is super easy and both you and me had like submissions in the past where people would just they would send you something me not being so let's say immersed in the lo-fi hip-hop sampling community i I might not know so many samples um but i can tell when something is a perfect loop yeah and when it's not you know what i mean so the moment that i hear that i'm like I started getting a little bit sus. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the Flying Lotus isn't talented, but, no, 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 you no. know, it's, it's very much clear that, you know, Cause, cause there's the, he's not built on the drum, like, the drum beat. The drum oh. beat is exactly the same. I put, you know, you can put the songs yeah. side by side. They're almost exactly the same tempo. You know, I, I've yeah. done pretty much exactly the same. The instrumental wise, completely different. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah overall, I think yes, it it, no, it helps with creativity because there's whole sample packs of song starters, but it does allow for people to kind of make do. It it, it allows people to that what you said. It allows people to be lazy if they want to. Yeah, but it's like if if for me, how should I say that? Uh, I need to stop saying how should I say. Um, it's fine. For me, it would be this: like, if you have, if you're like an Apple TV original show producer, mm-hmm. I'm guessing there must have been somebody who QA's shit, like quality assurance. Yeah. So this guy delivers this to you. You're the 
music QA guide. Yep. And you will get it. My immediate thing would be, did you use any samples? Knowing that this comes from a very specific genre, that it's been very well known to use samples. Yes, I did. Do we have to clear them? No, they're from Splice. Yeah. Okay, can you send me the links to, I mean, I will, it's, how should I say? It? <laughs> it's 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 not it's not um a fucking label release like somebody sends me something as long as it's cleared or it's in splice i'm good for it um i would go that extra mile to qa that because this is supposed to be on a tv show like a lot of people are going to watch that yeah the chances are that people in our music genre might actually watch it if it, it's good enough especially let's say if it features because we all know producers follow producers so yeah Definitely a lot of people, a lot of producers who follow him are going to listen to that and they might be like, oh, fuck, that's the same fucking uh, drum yeah. kit that I used on my yeah. <laughs> So, and, and this will immediately, I can see that, might create some sort of like negative feedback for him. Like, oh, dude, why were you so lazy? Like if a, a, a company that like Apple Music mm -hmm. comes and says to you, I want you to make the soundtrack for that thing. Unless, of course, they had a very limited budget, then they were like, you know what? Make it for us and we'll give you like a hundred, a yeah. thousand bucks. Then fuck it. I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go on Splice, buy everything and just do it for you because I don't care. Yeah. But no, uh, you're, you're but 100 they... right. When I heard it, I was like, this yeah. is familiar. And I was listening more. I was like, I've used yeah, this sure. drum. Like this drum loop is exactly. And I was like, but yeah. I was like, has he changed it at all? And I was like, hold on a minute. No, not really. And I was, like, yeah, no. I was a bit like, that's a bit disappointing. Exactly, exactly. That's the word. It's also like a little bit disappointing. Like, nah, dude. Like, especially when it's like this. It's it's it falls in the same context of like never meet your heroes. Yeah. You know? Like if you're like really looking up to a guy and then he does something like that, he she whatever does something like yeah. like. Oh, I've I've had that. Da, 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 like like. I've met the very list of this band once. He turned out to be quite a. Uh, quite narcissistic in the end um the thing that i met him through was completely unrelated he was um he also voiced video games so we did like a little interview with him at this um this game and expo that we we're at and you know i was completely starstruck i was like holy fucking shit is this guy yeah, so then yeah. we like we create the video we edit it up we uh you know we send it to him and he was like mm -hmm. oh like great video but i'm not going to share it because i don't look very good in it and i was like he didn't look edgy enough. I don't know. I can't remember what the. Uh... the he wasn't like the persona that he portrays. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, he, he had dreads and he was very much like trying to put them in front of his face to look a bit more like mysterious. But I guess the angle didn't really work for him. So he was like, oh, I'm not going to share it because I didn't look. And I was just like, oh, this, uh, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you were cool. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, that it's... was disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, I definitely see the point. Like they, they should do. It's I should, my 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 dream was to uh, score the soundtrack of uh, CSI Las Vegas Ooh. for many years. Like where they had these cutscenes where they would just uh, go through the computers and yeah. analyze, which is like completely fake. Of course, this is not how it happens. But it was like so fascinating. Uh, they would get like fingerprints and DNA within like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there was this, there was always like tracks featured there. So it was like super cool. And 
uh, it got to a point that um, a electronic user, uh, electronic producer uh, from Greece called uh, Nemo. Yeah. Um, he got one of his releases featured there. Oh, nice. Is, we're talking about, um, we're talking about, I don't know, early 2000s now. And I was like, fuck. Like, especially if you, you know, if you're in the same industry, genre, like I, I knew the guy over the internet. I had, I talked to him, you know. Yeah. And listening to a track that I knew and then having to go on the credits to see what that track was. And I was like, fuck, what? Like, I always wanted to do that. So yeah, it's you know basically what I'm saying is like chances are that if you're in the same space and somebody would listen to that, they'd be like, "Oh shit, he used the Ian Ewing drum kit." Yeah, <laughs> without changing it. So yeah, it is what it is. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like I mean, it's it's l listen. Like, I think I, I said this in the past. Like unless you own a set of drums at home, maybe electronic set of drum, so you can adjust the sound. Yeah. Of them. Um, like our good friend Energy Federico Gatti in Rimini, um, uh, it's it's most likely you're not gonna you know you have to use some sample, some sort of sample. Fuck, I'm looking now and it's gone. The soundtrack's gone. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't find. It's not in my release radar anymore. I was just trying to see if I can find the uh, the, the actual track that it was, but it's it not there anymore. Like on, it should be on on Spotify or whatever. Like a, yeah. as an album release, right? Yeah, I'll I'll find it. I'm sure it'll, it'll be obvious somewhere. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, when it comes to, to samples, like I think at the end of the day, you need to be um, don't be greedy and just I guess be creative. I think it's Lift them as much as you can. Yeah. Like there's so much that that you can do with just a simple splice sample. Yeah. And you know, I kind of took that challenge on. Uh, one of those beat of the day things I did back in March where I just found a splice sample and, and chopped it up and I I, I yeah. took it from what it was into something that sounded completely new um, and when yeah. when we did our label um, sample challenge back in September last year mm. we it was so weird hearing like a sample that I'd heard like loads of times not actually be there like we created the sample and we sent it out and you know we'd listen to it just to see how people were making use of it and th there were some people that just yeah. turned it completely different and it just wasn't yeah. that sample anymore but okay. if you like obviously if you listened really hard you could tell what they did with it like you know chopped it up and and whatnot and it, yeah. it was super super interesting just to see what people what people did with that and the capabilities are there but sometimes it just doesn't get done which everything is there is like is i don't really understand when when you have all this technology at the end of your fingertips and you're not really using it and you're deciding to just drag and drop it on a channel yeah boom and then that's it you just leave it to that and maybe you add a little bit of reverb on it or maybe you add a little bit of like uh the the lo-fi plugin on it like yeah. two clicks and it's done <laughs> uh, and then and then you take that and you send it to a hundred labels and then what like and you're a producer yep eat a dick
<laughs> or, or as I, I, or as my catchphrase, my favorite catchphrase, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So I found, oh, I found the track, right. but it has been, uh, okay. it seems to have been removed from Spotify for some reason. Uh, but it's the main oh, theme oh. for a show called They Call Me Magic. So it's not even just like a, oh, a, a track in the background. Like this is the main theme for this fucking TV show uh, that's using a splice probably. And yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's magic. Oh, it's that the, the, with Magic Johnson. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw the, I saw the ad for it. Like, yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is super cool. But yeah, it's it's been bounced from Spotify, so I'm guessing he released it too soon. Okay, because I thought that they could, for something like that, I mean, they could have actually licensed actual hip hop artists like of Magic Johnson's era. Yeah, this is what I would have done in a way, like. Uh, I mean, this fucking screams like uh, uh, straight out of Compton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it, not even not to mention like you can have you can license fucking Jay Dilla if you wanted to. Yeah. The whole fucking thing could be Jay Dilla for all I care. But uh, yeah, there's yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, that was kind of disappointing, but oh well. Maybe, oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. And this is this is the thing that actually I'm noticing is the current trend moving forward, at least on TikTok anyway, is yeah. producers talking about sync licensing and creating yeah. music for the intention of, of sync. There was one, um, one particular TikTok that I watched the other day, which was a guy, a yeah. rapper, I think. It might have been Lil Baby or something like that. He was talking about how he made a track that essentially... Um, I think Call of Duty picked it up, paid him, didn't okay. use it. So he still had like the rights for it. The US Army picked mm-hmm. it up, they took it, didn't use it. But again, he still got paid <laughs> for it. Um, okay. And it, it bounced around a couple of people until it actually got used. Um, and then he thought, well, okay, I'm going to... Cre- he essentially created his album, which had that track featured on it with the intention of yeah. getting sync placements. And to be placed okay. on games like Call of Duty or, you know, commercials like the US Army or films like, I don't know, let's say Saving yeah. Private Ryan yeah. gets rebooted or something. <laughs> um, and yeah, that seems to be the trend that a lot of producers are saying at the moment, which is to get sync licensing. Um, and it yeah. seems to be quite simple if you're just going down that route of essentially creating... 30 to 60 second tracks that have what they call a I think it's a bite or something at the end so like you know you've got interludes with between um, shows like you know Housewives of New Jersey like something happens and then it, it like sw- switches scene and there's a bit of b-roll and it's got like a and that's your, yeah, your bite okay. at the end is the duh. Um, and yeah, like jingle, jingle. essentially. Jingle. So you can create yeah, like, a like a library of music Audio that's bit. thirty Audio to sixty bit. seconds that has a yeah. sting. I think it's a sting actually at the end. A sting at the end. So like this is how sting, the yeah. climax happens of this particular like ditty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just put it out to you know potential sync licenses to get placed on on tra- on TV shows and stuff. It seems like a great idea. But, but from what I so fucked. From what so I've fucked, pushed, no. from what I've looked into, it seems to be everyone saying 
start doing stuff for sync licensing, start producing for sync licensing, the companies that are actually letting you do that are heavily, heavily guarded. As in, yeah. people are saying do it, but they're not saying how. They're saying here's how you can create a track for sync licensing, but they're not show yeah, they're not yeah. telling you how to then yeah. You know, yeah. are, are there websites and directories set up so you can find these media buyers? Are there websites and stuff set up that tell you, okay, this commercial is looking... Well, there are, but um, yeah. they're hard to find. I mean, I have one yeah. um, that I think you have to pay a big monthly fee for. Um, but they still kind of send emails being like, oh, last minute sync placement. And I think there was one that came up that was okay. like 10 grand for a track that sounds and they, they give you all of the information like they want an upbeat um like jazzy big band sounding track for a commercial um they give you some influence influences of tracks that that would that they kind of want it to sound like and you could essentially earn 10 grand from that if you get picked up um a lot of them are last minute and it's very unlikely you're going to create something like that in in two days but it's there but again that kind of there's such a, a lot of work that would need to go into that for you to not only find the libraries for these like media buyers but also have the time to create that content to keep people to keep that money going um all the yeah, while exactly. then focusing on music that you're actually releasing for people to listen to so yeah it's, it's um well at the end at the end of the day i think this is like full-time music yeah like it, it, which is uh which, which comes across as a, a com the complete opposite of what full-time music is considered in our space yeah like just because you released a couple of uh cowgirl albums you're doing full-time and you turn on the studio yeah Th this, is, this is this is the thing like full-time musicians yeah. are people or full-time producers are people that are producing music for every everything everything this is this is like your just because you made a couple of grand with a, a release from lo-fi girl doesn't mean that this, this does not make you like a full-time producer like you should be more diverse and versatile i mean it, it simply producer. makes you a an artist that creates music for lo-fi girl the same yeah, for, for anyone somebody who who knows how to use a i don't know a dough yeah software. yeah that's what it is that's what it is don't don't confuse yourself. But I think this has been the biggest right. eye opener for me as a producer and a musician that's come into yeah. this. That it's not just yeah. making a beat, throwing it out there. You know, it, it, there's so many facets to making music that it it is exactly. exhausting, man. It is. It is. It's 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 a. This is how a full time job is supposed to be like. Exhausting. Well, Fuck. You you definitely have the luxury when it comes to music, of course, to do it from your house or let's say from your studio or whatever. Um, but that's what it is. Like it's not just releases and placements on cowgirl and playlists or whatever. It's like uh, uh, sync licensing, making jingles for the radio, for TV shows, yeah. or games, um, it, sound design. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just. Uh, smooth jazzy vibes and whatever it's like it's a lot of stuff uh, today little baby comes into your studio to record his latest album or vocals or whatever yeah. tomorrow there's a guitarist who wants to use your equipment to record his guitars for his studio album or whatnot yeah this is this is at least with my little brain 
how I perceive full-time music. Yeah, I, I think there's also that kind of confusion between all of the different terms that people refer to themselves. Um, so, you, oh, yeah. you know, you have musicians, you have producers, you have beat makers. Um, and yeah, it's it's like, would you class someone that releases with Lo-Fi Girl a beat maker? No. But I, I wouldn't consider, necessarily consider them an artist or a musician. You, or a producer. consider them... I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I for example, I, I always used to um, categorize myself as a glorified arranger. Right. I arrange stuff. I, I can. I can really arrange. I can. My arrangement is good. Yeah. Uh, uh, do I consider myself a composer? A very, very amateurish composer. Yeah. Like I can compose stuff, but because I don't have the music knowledge. Yeah. I don't read notes or whatever, or I never. I never intended or I never wanted to learn more or teach myself how to play the piano because I'm fucking lame as fuck and I use splice, I don't care. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but, you know, I'm happy with what I do and what I want to do because I don't want to pursue this full time. Um, but I'm more of a, an arranger and uh, I, can, I can also consider myself uh, really good. Not the best, but really good when it comes to uh, mix down and a little bit of mastering. Uh, but but that's about it. I, in, in in no way, I would call myself a producer because mm. I'm 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 miles away from actually. I should I say again? Uh, we should do like a fucking tape of me saying how should I say? Um, I would consider uh, Pharrell a producer. Yeah. Uh, or Jay Z is a Dr. Dre. These are fucking producers with big pippy yeah I, I think as well that that being a producer falls more into working not just for yourself um you know being able to for me coming from the more sort of you know, like heavy alternative music background a producer was someone that that helped develop the sound that a band was working with that helped Exactly. bring you know the one of the main ones that comes to mind is is ross robinson i would say like the pioneer of like new metal from the, the 90s to mid 2000s yeah. like he wasn't there like making beats he was there bringing out the best of the band um helping them develop their sound like he is the producer by behind some of the most iconic like metal releases of the like early 2000s you know he was behind Slipknot he was behind Korn he was behind yeah, yeah. Um, like even Glassjaw right. and the more sort of like post hardcore bands as well um, he did I think he did a Blood Brothers track uh, album yeah he, he's like the pioneer of the producer yeah, yeah. like the same the same way like you know Rick Rubin and, and uh, Russell Simmons Def Jam records yeah like these are producers <laughs> I mean, of course, you can say, yeah, maybe um, lo-fi producer. You can categorize, I say, yeah, I'm a lo-fi producer, which I think if you start calling yourself a lo-fi producer, you just like, you might as well call yourself a douchebag or like, this is a fucking, this is a fucking joke. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> and I think that's where it's got really confusing because, you know, people are saying like, oh, I'm a producer. Well, are you? Have you worked on anything other than lo-fi? Um, you know. Exactly. Those terms uh, but, have become uh, so... Uh, 
Yeah, I think I think we're being, we're just being uh, as, as always. We're just being very <laughs> very critic. No, yeah, I think it's an interesting topic to talk about because yeah, there yeah. seems to be a lot. How do you call yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do. I walk around saying that I'm a producer and a musician. Um, yeah, yeah. I would maybe like to actually do producers swinging like steering stuff that I'd be really cool to not necessarily work on the the music itself but help a band or um you know an artist or like a singer songwriter develop their their artistic vision um yeah. you know artistic I'd be, or artistic what did you say what was that one of both vision. one of both <laughs> both works but i think in the lo-fi scene we're definitely uh <laughs> we're more just beat makers which is fine <laughs> that's fine yeah. um yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely like uh, it's definitely it's a definitely interesting. It's, it's always like a definitely definitely interesting scene, and it's it's always evolving. Um, but at least um, this whole uh, lo-fi purge is happening as of late. And well, yeah. Shall we talk about the really uh, the Spotify's latest uh, dive into the world oh. of sleepy lo-fi? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so this this that. weekend I mean, they've released a new edit, started a new editorial, which is Sleepy Beats. Sleepy Beats, boy. Is that is that actually what it's called? I can't remember. Or is it just Sleep Lo-Fi? Uh, sleep. I think it's Sleep Lo-Fi, bro. And yeah, we. Well, I think it's definitely going to uh, fuck the direction of a lot of producers and labels. Um, in the industry because yeah. Spotify is definitely going to rather favor their own Firefly Entertainment holding sleepy lo-fi you know uh, you know fucking even, playlist. I don't know, even though like, I mean, I, I, I should be happy because uh, thankfully Pueblo Vista was one of the labels that was considered to fill out this fucking new playlist, which was really great. Uh, we got like, uh, was it, uh, was it, it wasn't Snorlads, I think it was the other guy, Qualitas. Yeah. Who got there, who got a placement, yeah. So it was like pretty surprising for me to see the placement. And then I was like, oh, that a new playlist? Oh, shit. So, well, if you, if you search for like, if you search for lo-fi sleep or sleep lo-fi now, I don't think you're going to find it. No, I, it's of, not. There's a lot of... I wish, I wish there was a way that you can filter that stuff by... Yeah, uh, curator with the, the, that extra curator filter in your search. But uh, oh, oh, there's a kill cow lo-fi. Th these are these these are one of these amazing uh, you know fake artists that show up and there's like yeah, I don't get it though. That's no, definitely a new trend, isn't it? Of uh, artists well, naming themselves after generic. All, uh, Oh, it's 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 relatively new. It only started a couple of months ago. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I honestly I straight up just been out any. I'm sorry. I, I will say this on on uh, the podcast. But if you um oh, if you name yourself like Sleepy Lo-Fi Beats, I'm just gonna bin you off if you submit to us. Uh, like if or you if name you yourself like Lo-Fi, yeah. Well, no, I, that. That I don't necessarily mind too much. The, the this whole like lo-fi something or other, um, not favouring it. But if your music's good, it's good. But if you come to me and you're like, 
lo-fi sleep beats to study is your artist name get in the bin because <laughs> you're not doing this okay. for any reason other than money or getting on yep. playlists or hey, okay so here we go the spot some of the uh, spotify editorial i searched for sleep lo-fi on, on spotify and it's actually come up with a couple of this is playlists this is lo-fi sleeping music if your artist name is lo-fi sleeping music get in the bin this is lo-fi sleep if your artist name is lo-fi sleep get in the in, bin, get in the bin. Uh, this is lo-fi for sleeping if your name is lo-fi for sleeping get in the bin <laughs> this is lo-fi sleep chill and study if that's your artist name get in the bin <laughs> if if that's your artist name you're already in the bin yeah <laughs> wait i'm busy looking for it on spotify so no it's not easy to find I'm is it gonna, i i did and i'm just gonna post it in the chat uh it actually comes up in the i don't know on my oh, spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so all of the music from this is uh lo-fi sleep no. chill and study is um the there's three artists on the each of these tracks there's lo-fi yes. sleep chill and study there's chill yeah. hop music which doesn't yeah link up to the actual chill hop music this is a new artist of course not. it's a new one yeah and low space fi hip-hop as an artist uh, they've they've literally literally exhausted all the keywords yeah like there's there's no there's no other possible fathomable combinations or the order that you put it's just like I think they just put these three words in a in a word generator yep. and just press play and then they come up with something like lo-fi, sleep, hip-hop, come up with something. The disappointing thing is though, lo-fi, sleep, chill and study has over 250,000 monthly listeners. Get in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, I, I really like... Yeah, that's that's the sad part. I think we kind of we sort of covered it a little bit in the previous podcast. Is that it would definitely uh, pay out to have some sort of QA happening. Yeah. When it comes to releases like that, of course, you can also say that oh, I cannot be the gatekeeper of any artistic expression because even the artist name sometimes is an artistic expression and whether we like it or not we have to um i guess respect that because there actually might be somebody out there who really likes to call themselves i don't know sleepy panda or lo-fi beats or whatever the fuck for some reason yeah you know and they might be actually legit but at the end of the day like it's it, what we said earlier like it, it's such a cash grab like yeah. i would get I would bin people the same way that you bin them. Like I would get a submission from uh, uh, Lo-Fi Eagle, for example. I'm like, mate, did you put five minutes of thought into what you're gonna call yourself? Or Lo-Fi like, it. Yeah, ex I mean, yeah. For me, like also that, like any any combination of Lo-Fi or chill with a animal, let's say with a <laughs> mammal, a serpent, <laughs> a fish, or anything. It goes automatically in the bin as well. Um, unless, of course, you're Sleepy Fish. Yeah. And you're welcome. Lo-fi bathtub, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah. But come the fuck on, man. Like, I mean, we, we talked about being unique in the music. The uniqueness, I assume, with my little Greek brain, it starts 
from how you call yourself. Yeah. Like when I started DJing, I couldn't really go out and DJ with my full Greek name, which is Polychronis Pastormagis, even though because it's such a monstrosity of a name, it would definitely turn some heads. Yeah. But nobody would be able to pronounce it. Like, who is this P -P -P Pastrami Aristoteles playing? Like, who is the DJ? <laughs> That's got oh, well. it. You've got to start. <laughs> DJ Pastrami Aristotle in the on the decks. <laughs> so, <laughs> give it up for DJ Pastrami. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, oh fuck! So, you know, I, I did, I did, I did take some time to try to come up with some sort of like a a name that sounded yeah. good, um, or it was like at least ideally, what you want is that your name can be easily pronounced on let's say the four or five major speaking languages in the world, which is English, Spanish, <laughs> sorry. Lo-fi pastrami. No, there we go. You should have gone with your initials. <laughs> DJ P. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, <laughs> DJ P. I did. I did at some point. Did, did you actually? Were you DJ P. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could call me DJ P. P. But my first, my first <laughs> official DJ name, my first official DJ name was uh, Paolo Pastruzzi. Oh right, because that's easier than. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But Paolo Pastruzzi, you can definitely say it. So the initials were again PP. Right. And then from that, I went to uh, Paul Spencer. I don't know really why, but it's the most British. Yeah, exactly. All right, again, it's Paul Spencer. Paul Spencer, mate. It's Spencer. Oh, fucking deck you. It's me. Don't mess with the Spencers. They'll fuck you up. What? In it. <laughs> Could knock you uh, down the apples and pears, you messing with dispensers. <laughs> this is some fucking fucking East Enders. Yeah. I'll get my proper fill. Lost no knife. Lost a knife. See, yeah, yeah I mean, the whole reason why I'm. The, the name that I am. I mean, I didn't start as, as Lazy Boy Loops. I started it with my own name, which was Aaron Richardson, and it was kind of... wasn't really catchy. Um, I then moved from my personal... So basically, I ended up with, like, three different social accounts, all with completely different names. So, like, <laughs> I had, like... I started off making music and putting it through, like, Aaron Richardson with my my private instagram which i don't use at all anymore and that one was that was like as relation that was like a really old username that i have then on twitter i was like lazy boy loops because again my other twitter account which is the same as my old instagram account was focused on more like the the my my workday stuff like i interact with some journalists and stuff on that one then my instagram was yeah i, I just had nobody could find me because the artist Aaron Richardson was on Twitter as Lazy Boy Loops and on Instagram as Azure Relation, and nobody really knew 
well, like it just creates so much confusion. So I was like, oh, okay, let's just fully switch to, to Lazy Boy Loops um, and change everything as that. And that definitely worked out for the better. Yeah, exactly. But again, this this says that you know you, you put some effort into what you do, and you can definitely start from from the name. It might be a little bit um, maybe not necessary, but at the end of the day, it also shows. I don't know. At least at least when you know where I come from and how I grew up musically, uh, the the name that you would choose as a producer when he comes when he came to making music or DJing or whatever um, it would have to make some sort of sense and like I said it had to be easily pronounced yeah um, this this I found out the, the hard way because as, as funny as it sounds Paul Pastruzzi I mean there were some people who would call you uh, and I'm pretty sure the Italian in this chat pepperoni uh, you will understand like they would say Paul Pastrucci because C is like double C is not the C but whatever uh, Paul Spencer was the easiest one to be pronounced because Paul Spencer, Paul Spencer, whatever. But when when I switched it, the final one was like Paul Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, this was like it went bonkers, like in the sense of like my Greek friends, they would be like they would call me Paul Gilmore. And I'm like, yeah. it's not a J, man. Like, why would you why would you like pronounce a, a letter like that? It's not how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, or they were like some Paul Gilmore. Well, on that note. <laughs> And on that note, this uh, concludes a rather generic and uh, very interesting, not so interesting, not so... No, don't, don't, don't disregard. No, no, no. We've had people in here um, that have listened to the whole thing. Yes, we did. And there will be people Fact that listen to this on... On the Spotify's. On the Spotify's and the streaming and platforms. The streaming platforms. Yeah. And these people will also listen to the amazing... Um, difference in the sound levels that they're definitely going to be well halfway through <laughs> the quality is going to be off too though at least mine works I'm, i'll just I'm see how like it sounds afterwards i'm under the impression that i sound that maybe it's like too loud i'm not really sure no it's fine i've i had to turn it's my fine. phone up okay. it was loud a lot louder before yeah well like i said my uh I'm, I, re I really don't know how this main knob here functions. If it's, I, I think it's definitely like sending signal, but I'm not gonna try it now. Maybe I need to. Maybe I should have done a, a, a live test with you beforehand. That would have helped. <laughs> but fuck it. Why not? We just, we just, we just shoot, we just shoot the shit, and everyone could put up with the <laughs> abysmal sound quality. <laughs> until exactly. about the hour mark <laughs> exactly i mean people are happy people are hungry as well i see taki brano there he wants a pastrami sandwich i would like one too as well yeah i i, I need food i've not I've, I've only had a shoe bun today oh uh, i had uh i had food today i had i, I sticked in protein and stuff like i had like eggs and chicken and broccoli but just plain, like no sauce. No sauce, no, just salt. Raw sauce. <laughs> Raw sauce. Fuck. <laughs> Man's not hot. Man's not hot. <laughs> Plus two quick buffs. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, thanks everybody for joining us for 
episode 18. Wow. So we're close. We can close officially drink in the UK. Yeah. When you're 18 and above. Yeah. Unless you're a chap, you can just drink from tw- since 12. Well, right? yeah, you can drink from like fucking birth. Like, fuck. Exactly. <laughs> Chaps. Uh, okay, cool. So legally, uh, 18. Uh, legally 18 okay you can also be you can also legally be a mom in the uk when you're like when you're 13. Right? <laughs> i don't know maybe yeah i don't think there's no laws well, against it <laughs> definitely, definitely not i mean back in the day when i used to study in sunderland i've seen moms as young as 14. I yeah was like, what the fuck is wrong with this place i mean that's that's too old for people like jimmy savile <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for Jimmy Savile's standards, that's considered to be like a cougar. At that point. <laughs> uh, oh, this got really dark real fast. Yeah, it did. But it, you know, that, that was that, that's very, a treat for, <laughs> for getting this far. <laughs> Jimmy Savile jokes. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! You know what? It's a very interesting uh, documentary, though. Netflix. So for everybody who's listening, they should definitely like check it out. Because I personally, I did, I didn't really, I knew the story, but I didn't really know the details. You know what I mean? It was like something that you just know that yeah. that, that guy was a pedophile. That was it. So I didn't know that uh, he died. And then the whole thing basically yeah. uh, unfolded. Like I thought he was alive when the, all the allegations. Well, he was legally. I don't know. He was brought to justice. Was he was still alive and he died during the Trials whatever? Shit, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that he just died. And the fucking uh, what he wanted to put on his fucking tombstone. It was good while it lasted. I was like, fuck. <laughs> That was so wrong in so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> definitely on that note. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely this. This podcast was also a podcast episode. Was good while it lasted. So, um, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, you and, will. Uh, Peace. Peace. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>